When you're a musician of a certain caliber, you open yourself up to criticism. There is a whole industry built on telling you what new music you should be listening to and what music you can skip. That can be difficult to navigate as an artist, especially when you're writing such intimate and personal songs. Walt has faced these same challenges, and that's one of the reasons he started his solo career in children's music. It was one way he could sidestep the harsh, critical lens and explore his own songwriting in a more genuine manner. I don't know how I got the idea of making it a kid's record, but suddenly I was like, you know, and if I call it a kid's record, then I can sort of hide behind that. And I don't have to be competing with everybody else. And I don't have to be like on pitchfork. And I don't have to be like pretending I think I'm cool. And I don't have to do any of that stuff. And it's be very open hearted. And I can like have guests sing on it. It'll feel like a very generous, nice gesture. And I have kids and it would just feel innocent and charming and sweet. And I was like, it just felt like an art project. In today's episode, we're going to be exploring criticism in two different forms. The constructive, guiding criticism that comes from collaboration, and the harsh, dismissive words of those who don't care for your well-being. That last kind is what is explored on the Bears' eighth track, Not My Mother. Not My Mother tells the story of Walt's career, particularly the riskier parts. Leaving home, leaving the band, and the criticism and doubts that come with that. The song has a deceptively complex structure. The same melody is sung through most of the song in a slow, rambling manner. There is no chorus, but each verse ends with a variation on the repeating line, but it was easy for her to say because she was not my mother. This person in question is not painted as a caring individual or someone who has Walt's best interests at heart. They are, at best, invested in Walt's life, but without any real care for him as a person, unlike Walt's own mother, who offers full support. In some ways, it reminds me of the fox from Disney's Pinocchio. Someone who is touting the benefits of a creative lifestyle, pushing Walt in a certain direction. We see this perspective especially in the song's first stanza. It was her, she was the one who told me to try to run away to the city where the lights are twinkling all night long. And there's money in the streets when you're young But it was easy for her to say For she was not my mother We've talked a couple times about Walt's journey as a young musician in New York, the success that was found there, but also the difficulties with fame, commercial expectations, and the touring lifestyle. In the first stanza, we get someone telling Walt to run away. Go to the city, make money. But this person is not Walt's mother. It's easy for them to make these claims because they don't have any real stake in whether Walt succeeds or fails. But Walt's mom does have that stake. She wants her baby to be safe. She will support him with a caring attitude and will always be there for him, even when things are difficult. 
This is Judy, Walt's mom, discussing his move to New York with Jonathan Fire Eater. And there was a concern about the atmosphere in which they were spending their time, which was in bars and, you know, nightclubs and venues. And uh, But they were determined to do it. They lived in bratty places in the East Village. And um, we would visit. And uh, no, things, things were good. Things were good. In the next stanza... Walt leaves for the city, and this nameless force promises riches and success. So I packed my bag so tight, and I left my friends on a warm August night. And the wind was in my hair as the building swayed, and she told me the world would be mine someday if I trusted her to lead the way. But it was easy for her to say For she was not my mother Walt doesn't reveal the identity of this individual in our discussions or in any of the other interviews he did to support the album. Sometimes it feels like he is talking about someone very specific, and maybe in those moments, he is. But here, it has more of a broad connotation. In these lines, I interpret the titular non-mother as the music industry itself. The record labels and executives who threw that party on the World Trade Center, flew them around the world, and said, this could all be yours. Without regard for the creative aspirations or well-being of this band of young men. If the last couple stanzas were broad, the next one feels incredibly specific. And you... You know who you are, you mistreated me You stepped on my favorite guitar Now I watch from afar As you follow that fading star Oh, it revealed so many things Like just exactly who you are At this point, you may be wondering, if this is not his mother, then... Who is it? I'll be honest, I don't have an answer to that question. Out of all of the songs on the record, this is the one Walt brought up the least, and he didn't seem all that interested in spelling it out. Here he is responding to a comment during an Instagram Live the day the album was released. Spill the tea on not my mother. Okay, that's the other, you know, that's the other tricky thing about a listening party, you know? Uh, is that it's hard to talk about, like, specific l- words, you know, like lyrics, you know? Because, like, actually my friend Harrison, who played uh, guitar on the record, put the, posted this thing yesterday, like Robert Frost talking about how somebody asked him to... I'm not comparing myself to Robert Frost, don't you worry about that. <laughs> but uh, uh, somebody asked him to talk about, oh, whatever, explain what it was poems. He's like, what do you want me to say it worse? And I thought, that was, you know, like, say this. Well, why explain it? Why say it worse? I made the poem so I could say it. As you may have noticed... This podcast doesn't have many moments where Walt is talking about specific lyrics. All of that comes from my own interpretation, or the interpretation of our guests. Ultimately, it's the listeners, and what they have gained from this album, supported by the stories and intentions of Walt and others who made it. Some things Walt was willing to elaborate on, but on Not My Mother, it's different. Whoever this song is about, 
if it even is about a specific person, is not meant for us, the audience, to know. Like a painter, Walt has set up his frame, and if something is not included in that frame, that is by design. Taking it back to the lyrics and my interpretation of them, we see the story of this song progressing. This person pivots from promises of prosperity to quite literally and directly destroying Walt's art. This continues in the next stanza where they actively disparage Walt's music. When I came back home, I came alone And I had so many stories to tell And she told me no one was listening And I should throw all my work away And my heart filled with dismay But it was easy for her to say For she was not These actions are damaging and mean-spirited, and hits Walt hard, filling his heart with dismay. The good news is that this wound can heal. It'll leave a scar, but it didn't stop Walt from making music, and this person is a waning influence in his life. As we saw earlier, this person is following a fading star. In the final line, we see that they are no longer relevant. They're gone the only influence they left behind being a little wooden statue, echoing their harsh remarks. And when she finally left, she left me The only thing she could A statuette with a heart made out of wood And I keep it on my piano And it listens as I play And sometimes I hear between the notes Words of judgment and decay But then they just fade away And they were easy for her to say For she was not my mother Despite all of this naysaying and vitriol, Walt is still making music. He's doing what he loves, and as he continues down that path, those harsh words fall away. Through this song, we've gotten a lot of examples of what someone who is not his mother would do or say. So that leaves the question, what would a mother do or say? Who better to answer that than Walt's own mom? Well, I mean... All, I mean, all I can think of is un- unconditional support unless that person is in harm's way for a variety of reasons. Um, but, you know, Walter, I have always supported Walter in his musical endeavors, in his um, lackadaisical wearing of coat and ties to school, which we would get calls about saying, you know, he looks tattered or something. So I, I would say that Walter feels that support. Even though he has had, you know, issues with me. 
invoking the image of a mother in a song like this is jarring. Your mind can go racing in a million different directions, and I'm sure that's doubly so for Judy. But to be clear, this song is not about Walt's mom at all. It says it right there in the title, Not My Mother. Instead, her unconditional love and support is being used as a point of comparison, a standard to aspire to. You know, I think that the song he wrote about I'm, She's Not Your Mother might be, I, I'm taking it as an homage to me in that I did so. And I, I hope it's not a criticism of me for not supporting him, but rather a, a, a homage that I, I did support him. I do support him. While it might be an homage, it's one filled with hurt from the people who did not treat him like his mother. There's a real frustration that is there that we haven't seen much in Walt's music before. That song is a little... It strikes me as like a slap in the face. Like when I heard it, I, I was just... Kat Edmondson. There was some shock, you know, like, wow, I, I can't believe he's saying this. But there is something else at play here. The tempo is slow and relaxed. The structure is simple and conversational. The lyrics are sung, straightforward, and matter-of-fact. It's, it's, it's really lovely that he's just, like, saying it. And, and also, talking about um, Walt's, like, childlike quality, um, to me, this song, you know, if, if you've ever encountered a child among adults saying a truth that stops all of the adults, you know, and... and like in, in surprise, that's how this is presented to me because it's very matter of fact and it's not with an agenda to hurt the other person, um, but, it's, but it's just definitely bitter, you know? <laughs> um, it's, it's one of my favorite songs on the record as well. It's, I, oh, I love this track. At its core, this song is dealing with two things all musicians experience. Criticism and support. Sometimes this criticism might be from, you know, critics, whose way with language offers moments that can feel a bit tricky to navigate as the recipient. A lot of my friends, you know, who have been writing a long time or who are who are my age, you never want to say like... Um, Eric D. Johnson. You don't want to be like, what a return to form, because it sort of implies they lost their form or something like that. So you never want to say that, or you never, but you never want to be like, what a huge, crazy leap forward, because it sort of implies that you've, <laughs> you, you, there was somewhere to leap forward from, you know? But that's not the only form criticism can take. In Not My Mother, we explore it in a very toxic state. So toxic, you can barely call it a criticism at all. On the other hand, a mother offers wonderful support, but doesn't always have the context or expertise to offer actionable feedback. It takes a special kind of blend of feedback and support, usually offered by peers and collaborators, to take art to the next level. Criticism is so complicated, right? Like there are so many forms of criticism in your process of being an artist that are essential. Harrison Whitford. You know, like, Guidance, the, you know, guidance can be a form of or, or a criticism, you know. 
We saw this with Josh Kaufman, who offered feedback on Walt's musical punchlines and encouraged him to move in a new direction that brought him to the bear. But it's always a fine line. You want to foster the good things, not throw everything out, like we see this person do in Not My Mother. It is such a fragile thing, and, and all it can take is, you know, somebody saying one one thing to, like, collapse all of it. Um, and I've definitely, definitely read those chapters in life, uh, you know, both, both sides of it, like criticism that really wasn't constructive, that really was, uh, felt like an attack on the thing you're doing, um, or or rather not even attack on the thing you're doing, but when it becomes more about an attack on you, right? Like that's when I think criticism becomes unconstructive. You know, if somebody has something to offer about the work you're doing, that's that's an entirely different thing. That's that's something I think we all need to grow and progress at our at our at our you know collective thing because you know somebody can illuminate something about your own work that maybe you didn't see or give you a chance to defend something about your own work that you didn't even know you had words to defend um, for it. But then there's also the scenario of somebody, you know, kicking down your sandcastle and having to, you know, build the courage back up to put the sandcastle back together. And it's just not an easy thing. Walt has rebuilt his fair share of sandcastles. He did it with the Ignobles, with Jonathan Fireeater, with the Walkman, with his solo music. He has been such a positive force throughout it all that along the way he has cultivated a wonderful network of musicians and collaborators who really appreciate what he's doing, offering that support in the right ways to help him make amazing records like the bear. I I felt uh, really grateful that he thought of me and even more grateful that maybe he heard something on my playing that he knew would work well with the songs and yeah it was just it was like just a really easy day and josh and i are both admirers of his too and kind of like just how you admire a friend you know and a and a peer but like um yeah i mean i just i know that josh adores the guy i I took notes because i was really excited about talking about walter with you yeah it was it was it's been really fun to to be able to sort of you know, collaborate and, 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 and work on songs with like your, your favorite band and some of your favorite songwriters and, and Walt's, yeah, Walt's uh, particularly special. Next episode is our penultimate episode about one of the most hopeful and caring songs on the record. The Crow symbolizes love. The Song Is Never Done is a production of Newton's Dark Room. It was written, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Talon Stradley. The cover art was created by your brother and mine, Trent Stradley. All the music you heard is by Walter Martin. You can purchase The Bear and all his other albums at waltermartinmusic.com. Might I suggest Quarantine Boogie, a song that features Walt's network making music during some very trying times. 
Special thanks to this episode's guests, Judy Martin, Eric D. Johnson, Kat Edmondson, Harrison Whitford, and Matt Berninger. Thank you to all my supporters on Patreon, Fuzzy Delp, Sunny, and Mac Ito. If you want your name in the credits, plus buttons, special transcripts, and more, support Newton's Dark Room on Patreon. Have some supportive criticisms for the show? You can let me know at Newton's Dark Room on Instagram. For all my other podcasts and everything else, visit newtonsdarkroom.com. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you next time.